Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm Grace Helbig, your host. Today we have Jim Jeffries joining us. He's a hilarious Australian comedian that you probably know his whole viral bit about gun control. Um, but he's much more than that. He's got bits about porn in Schindler's List now. There's lots of things going on in this episode. And he is just a goddamn treat. I think I asked maybe two questions this entire episode. And you're going to hear a lot more than you probably thought you'd hear about Jim Jeffries on this episode of Not Too Deep. Enjoy! Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Are we starting now? Is yeah. starting now? Okay. We're starting now. Right. It's very casual. All so right. You don't grand. have to be. I mean, I'm the furthest thing from Barbara Walters that's ever existed. <laughs> so you don't want to be weird about it. Please don't be weird. About I don't it. feel weird. Am I acting weird? <laughs> no, I, you're I, great. I have a weird aura about me. No, you're great. Um, are you, so you've been super busy. The show is on hiatus for a second. Uh, yeah, we go back. We're back. We're back in two weeks. We go back into the office next week. Very exciting. Um, but we 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 did uh, twenty episodes this year, and we did thirty last year. But we decided to do all the field pieces for this year internationally, so we had to find time to film those. Yeah. So you've been traveling like crazy. How has that been? That's all right. What we do is we sort of I plan gigs. Mm-hmm. And then we just like I, I go. I'll, I'll choose a continent. I'll do like Asia or the Europe or whatever, or Australia. Or, and then what happens is I book all the gigs, and then we find the cities that I'm going to and see if there's anything culturally or socially that is is worth talking about. Okay, and, <laughs> so you just so, kind of fingers crossed, hope yeah, that there's yeah. something that strikes yeah, your interest. Yeah, we send people go. What's what's wrong with this city? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it would be it would be like I, I'd like to tell the audience that we really think about it and all sure, that yeah, stuff. It's and very uh, produced if, beforehand. If you see an episode where we're just doing a police ride along, that means we didn't really find much on that city, or we've done that city before. <laughs> So it's basically like the show Bar Rescue, yeah. where you find a shitty bar and you go in and you we fix fi- it up. We find a, sh- a shitty city. <laughs> yeah, there's the segment. <laughs> and every every city's got its own bit of shittiness. Yeah. <laughs> Have there been any standout shitty cities above uh, and beyond the rest? The, the one that I enjoyed the most was actually our first ever field piece I really enjoyed, which we did a thing on, on uh, Black Pete. Okay. In Holland. Do you know about Black Peach? No, I don't. Okay. So in, in Holland, they have Christmas. They don't call it Christmas. They call it Winter Fest or something. And they okay. have it on like the 17th of December. I'm sure there's people here that are correcting me. But it's around sure. there. And they don't have Santa Claus. They have Sinterklaas, which yes. you can't tell the difference. Can you? <laughs> and he rides on a horse instead of being on a thing. And he wears more of a Pope sort of pointy hat. <laughs> but it's still a, it's a white guy in a with a beard in a red suit that gives you toys. Okay. Right? And um, he has an assistant. Uh, called Black Pete. Okay. And Black Pete, uh, uh, historically, okay, so what happens is if you're a good child, Santa Claus gives you a present. Uh-huh. If you're a bad kid, Black Pete puts you in a sack and takes you to Spain. <laughs> Spain? Yeah, there's something to do with Christmas. And Black Pete comes from Spain. Now he's, <laughs> Black Pete's just a bit meant to be like Santa Claus's best friend, but if uh-huh. you look a little deeper, back in the history books, he was a slave. Oh. Right, and yeah. then he sort of became his mate. Okay, and now they're not even acknowledging that they call him Chimney Pete. And the reason that he's all black is that he went through the chimney before uh, Santa Claus, Sinterklaas. So this is how they've evolved this story. Yeah, in Holland, so it's very, it's a very, it was, a, it was, it was a very weird story for us because in what's arguably the most progressive society in the world when it comes to drugs and prostitution mm-hmm. and human rights and all that type of stuff and freedoms, yeah, um, they do blackface at Christmas. Yeah, that's one that slipped past a lot of people. Not, not, not just not just a couple of them. Ooh, thousands, 
thousands of them do it down the street with if you if you google black pete this uh-huh. isn't something i'm making up and so that was like they were, said you were there for when this i was, was happening? just i was just doing a gig in amsterdam uh-huh. and then we, we have to do a field piece for the pilot and that was the first thing well what's weird about this country we did like, we, we googled our beers. we googled for maybe 40 seconds before we found out that the <laughs> dutch are obsessed with blackface it was really weird wow. And it's like, so we know that it's wrong to do it. Yeah. We, we, as a society now, we've evolved to like, okay, we've all got it now, yeah. right? Well, not everyone's got it, but we all, you know, we all know that there's something that, you know, uh, they don't understand. They don't. So I interviewed people in blackface where they were just like, it's a Christmas tradition. It's fun. It's for the children. And <laughs> So they gee. didn't understand where you were coming from at all. No, 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 they didn't get it at all. No, so you guys had no positive impact on we, this the, community. The, the, I don't think the show does very well in Holland because of it. <laughs> I, th- I think I think the people of Holland don't don't really like us very much. And other than that, we've done you know some uh, cool field pieces we did in Asia, and we did uh, uh, we just did we just did like all the Asian countries, and we did like one that was on the border of uh, North Korea, uh-huh. and we went right up to the border, and we we interviewed. Um, uh, people who have escaped North Korea, and that was kind of wow. interesting. Yeah, just talking to them about their their schooling and stuff like that, and they could yeah. all speak very good English. And they I said, okay. I said, why did they why did they bother teaching you English if you're not allowed to leave North Korea? Why yeah. did they bother teaching? They go, ah, oh, so that when you kill an American, you can say something like you're yeah, that was, so you can say like happy fourth of july motherfucker or whatever you want to say <laughs> your right? blank motherfucker moment before yeah yeah, that. yeah. wow and yeah. they said that earnestly yeah they said oh yeah and they also believe that you all had horns and tails and shit like that they okay. also believe that kim jong-un or kim jong-il did you know a round of golf in 19 hits or something yeah right? i know, you know all, that, all that rubbish. a lot of folklore that goes on yeah i always thought that was a little bit um Spun, you know, it was a bit mm-hmm. of an urban myth that they believe these urban myths, and it's not. No, no, they believe. Firsthand, you found yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. So, what's? I mean, how do you balance? I mean, doing stand up, and then you're doing these pieces that are really impactful and are far more serious and uh, oh, unexpected they're, they're, in a way. They're not all serious. Sure. I mean, you Some come from them. a different, like a good perspective on it, or like a lighthearted ish kind yeah, of yeah, point yeah. of view. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Some of them are a bit like as I said, we do a lot of police ride alongs. We've got one coming up in the next ten episodes where I did a ride-along and the cop in the car was my brother. Wait, so, for, yeah, my, 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 my brother's an inspector in the Sydney police. And, did you know this before the ride-along? Oh, I knew. Because okay. <laughs> your face but, but, made it but, seem oh, like you oh, got we're, surprised. We're always hoping for some crime to happen. We hope right. oh, something will kick off. Yeah. Nothing happened. So it just became me and him sort of needling each other about who mum liked more and, you know, oh, all that type nice. of stuff. Yeah. So you just had like a brotherly moment. Yeah, and I'll see how it turns out. I haven't seen the footage of it yet, but I hear it's very funny. We'll, that's we'll very sweet. Uh, <laughs> did you, I mean, that's so basically you just got to paid to spend time with your brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a he nice. He got the day off as well. You know, he was, <laughs> he was meant to be actually solving crimes or whatever they do, solving crimes. That's fine. I am, uh, how do your parents feel then about, the lifestyle choices that you've both taken oh. <laughs> that enter you into well, different my, worlds. My my mother this is the funny, my mother um uh she was always very very strict with me as a child mm-hmm. and then you know I talked so much about taking drugs and one night stands and stupid shit that you talk about when you're in your twenties doing stand up sure. and, and um my uh my mother just and she never said anything about it and I and I and then she was like well I guess you're just earning money and you're not bothering us and so. <laughs> Like that was the thing. You're not hurting all, us. All the discipline was to get me away from her eventually. Oh, and, okay. And, and so my, my mother, and I'm not saying this to be any sense, my mother passed uh, a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. 
And my, my mother in the last sort of few years of her life, my father had just always been a bit of a browbeat and sort of my mother would yell at him and just go, every time he went to talk, he'd go, shut up, Gary, you're being an idiot. Shut up, shut up, like that, right? <laughs> and the last couple of years I kicked back a little bit and I was just going, let him talk. Uh-huh. He's 78 years old, let him fucking talk. Uh-huh. Like anyway, it was within two days of my mother dying where we realised what a vital role <laughs> she played in the ecosystem of our family because <laughs> yeah. now my father's unleashed. <laughs> And he, he can say, I didn't know he was a Trump supporter. Oh, I was just, it came out of nowhere. Was your like, mum was the gatekeeper. Yeah, she, she, she was the one keeping it all bottled in. Oh. And now he's just all on his own, just with all of his thoughts. <laughs> he, to, he told me, my, my girlfriend's British of, of Indian descent, and and uh, he said to me that uh, there's too many immigrants uh, in, 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 in America. Wow. And I was like... You know, I'm an immigrant. And yeah, I my want- girlfriend's an immigrant. He goes, Oh, not you two. You know what I'm talking about. I'm like, come, on, come on, Dad. Tell us. Tell yeah, us actually, we don't. I would love for you to clarify in deeper detail about this. Yeah, I'm, one of, the, I'm one of the good immigrants, he reckons. Yeah. How long until he's on the show? Um, well, he's coming out to spend Christmas with me. Now that my mum's passed, he's, you know, he's got nothing to do. So, mm-hmm. to, to begin with, I said to him, I said, How about. Um, now, I always used to watch talking about my mother on podcasts because she would listen to these. Mm-hmm. Um, my father doesn't know how to turn on a computer, so I can say whatever I want in here. This yeah. will never – anyway. Um, he's coming out at Christmas. Uh, he did – originally, I said – when my mum passed, I said, how about you come out for Christmas? And he goes, ah, oh, I've seen LA. <laughs> and I went, yeah, I, I get – but, you know, you visit your grandson and your son and, yeah. you know, you can come and stay in my house and we'll do things and – and he goes, no, 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 I went there in the 70s. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, would you like to spend Christmas in fucking Detroit? <laughs> you haven't seen Detroit. Is, is, is the city the thing, is it? It's yeah. not the personal relationships. It, he wants scenery changes, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's probably changed since the 70s. But in his mind, not at all. It's, it's like once upon a time in Hollywood. It all looks the same. <laughs> have you seen that film? I did those I little. I did the little moments where like, I live near Casa Vegas. So yeah. I was like, that's near my house. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I did that, yeah, with some of the restaurants that were there. I was like, that's in the valley near an ex-boyfriend. Whoa. <laughs> I relate to this movie. I did see that movie. Lots of feet. Lots of feet. What, what was all the feet? I mean, it's that little known thing that um, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish, and he knows that we all know that he's a foot fetish, and so I think he now purposely puts the feet oh, in I the forefront. Yeah, I didn't watch all At least those are the, the swirling feet. rumors about. I had heard these rumors in the past, and so as soon as the second pair of feet was in the focus of the frame, my, my- I was like, this seems a little weirdly personal you have to know what happened with the charles manson uh, manson Ma- murders well, so and if that you didn't was the know, other issue i had going into the movie oh you didn't know much about well, that i know about the i know what those i know the murders but i had no idea what this movie was about right and so my boyfriend took me and he was just like he loves quentin tarantino and then it was like wait what is this is this Okay, this is the Tate murders. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I, I didn't know that Manson lived on an old movie lot where they did westerns, mm-hmm. so that was kind of it. But my girlfriend didn't know any of it, and she turns to me afterwards and she goes, "She goes, did that all really happen?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, none of that. That that didn't happen." And then no. I did do a little bit of a, "How do you, boy? You surely you've heard about Charles Charles Manson?" Yeah. But I, I sometimes she makes me feel old because I do that whole like I play a song and I go. You know, this is one of the Beatles' biggest songs. Yeah. And then she goes, it's before my time. And I go, that's not an excuse. The Beatles before my time. 
then I wasn't like, you can't use that as an angle. It was before my time. And, and if it is, you're going to freak the fuck out when you hear about Hitler. Oh, <laughs> Hitler's going to spin your mind out. Oh, man. Yeah. And so you guys are just like subconsciously trying to make each other feel your age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. I, I, my, my, my ex, my son's mother is, was all is, was, is older than me. And my, my uh, girlfriend now is younger than me. And they're mm-hmm. sort of similar distances apart each way. Okay. And, and my son, my son was sitting down with my, with my, uh, with my girlfriend and goes, and goes, uh, are you old enough to be my mum? How old is your son? My son's six. Okay. Right? And she goes, Honest Yes, question? she goes, Yes, of course I'm old enough to be your mom. Because is daddy old enough to be your your daddy? <laughs> and then she's like, she's like, no, 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 your father's not old enough to be my dad. Right? Uh-huh. And she goes, um, she goes, you and then she goes, What about mom? She goes, Your mum could technically be my mother. It would be very, you know what I mean? Like that, right? Like, but she was being honest. Kid. And yeah, and you're just overhearing Yeah, this like this. And I'm going, oh, God. And then his mother comes to pick him up and he comes up and he goes, Tacey just said something that you were the son. <laughs> you could be her mother. And I'm like, oh, fuck. These are healthy family dynamics. Yeah, yeah. These are important questions. I think he's going to grow up and get into math, it sounds like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if education's <laughs> his strong spot at the moment. Oh, no? Well, he's only six, but, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the school brings me in. They go, oh, we have a problem with him. He, he can't. He's not very good at reading. And I'm like, I'm like, at 40 grand a year, that sounds like a you problem, not yeah. a me problem. You should be, should be bringing you into my office going, this guy can't read. What yeah. am I paying for here? Also, audiobooks are huge now. So exactly. I don't survive. I, since the internet's really gone off where we're mm-hmm. doing everything, I've stopped reading books. I used to read books all the time. Yeah. But I feel like I'm always reading something. I'm reading an article or something. Yeah, you're probably reading like the equivalent of a book in term of, terms of like word count, yeah. but like the medium and the I'm, way that I'm you're reading. I'm not getting the, the mental nourishment the that I should be <laughs> Yeah. Getting. Oh, I don't I, think I, any of us are. I, I still do that whole 10 celebrities who you never knew were blah, blah, oh. blah. And I, <laughs> and I know it's not going to show. And it shows a picture of somebody and I'm like, ah, oh, Oh, that's not. And it's like ten celebrities you didn't know were trans, and I'm like that. It's like a picture of Nicolas Cage or something. And you're like, yeah. You're like, oh, I didn't. Then it's got nothing to do with him, Love and you're it. like, ah, oh, I've, been, yeah, I've been hoodwinked. They gotcha. Are you tired of unpredictable hair color results? Discover. Color & Co., the home hair color personalized just for you by L'Oreal. You'll get a free consultation with an expert hairstylist who will custom blend a salon-quality shade for your hair needs. In your color box, you'll receive personalized instructions and all the tools you need for guaranteed results, no matter your hair color goal. If it's blonde, if it's red, if it's brown, if it's vivid, if it's pastel, you can do it. With endless color possibilities, we'll create the one just right for you at colorandco.com. I am an absolute fan of insane hair colors, and this is the most secure way to do it. Take the guesswork out of at-home hair color with Color & Co. Personalized Hair Color by L'Oreal, and use the promo code GRACE at colorandco.com for $10 off your first order. That's the code GRACE at colorandco.com for $10 off your first order. 
what's your go-to social media if you I don't go on social media anymore. Mm-hmm. I have people running my social media. Right. I did I didn't mind Instagram. Instagram. I okay. thought Twitter was full of horribleness and, and Yeah, it's and I, um, I, I, it, it all gave, always gave me anxiety. And especially having a, a show where you talk about politics and being the anti gun guy and then yeah. all this other stuff. I was like it was like after the gun thing and I got so many death threats and I was just like, Scary. you know what, fuck this, I yeah. can't. <laughs> and if you have the choice to not put yeah, yourself in then, that place. But then when you stop looking at social media, I've really stopped looking at the internet at all. Really? Yeah, I just buy things on it now. Yeah, yeah. I buy it or I ask it questions when something is weird on my I, body. Yes, yeah. I, I, ask it, I ask it questions when I don't know something. Yeah. I do WebMD. I panic about things. I've got yes. a sore shoulder at the moment. I think it's probably just a pinched nerve, mm. but it could be a blood clot that's about it to kill me. It could be a cancer. Like, and also it's a left arm. That's where you always get the stroke first. But yeah. I've had it for about a month. This is a very slow-moving <laughs> stroke. <laughs> This stroke, yeah, it's like an eighteen-part miniseries. It's crazy. <laughs> and so, so I, yeah, I stopped. When, okay, so when I'm doing the TV show, we're, we're constantly watching the news. Yeah. And then when I haven't been doing the news, I like I'm a couple of school shootings behind. It's you, like or just shootings. Well, that's and it's a, like it's like I was like, what happened in Walmart? Uh, Where? And then the people. Yeah. And then there's once. You know, you hear about the news and you've heard about it like sort of three weeks after it happened. It doesn't sort of feel as bad. It's weird. Yeah. And you hear about it in the moment, but then it's because, it's you know, it's old then. It's not new. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, Twitter, for better or worse, has become kind of my primary source for news information. Mm. So when I do try and spend time off of it, I feel like I'm missing out on like the most up-to-date information about things. Yeah, but what information do you need? My father can't work a computer and he's yeah. just happy with his border control. Control and yeah, that's you know true. What I mean? like, but sometimes know, they show me fish getting sent in tubes over dams, and I would never have known how- what happened. <laughs> I don't know the specifics of it, but apparently, scientists and I guess like uh, people, environmentalists, had come up with this tubular system so right. that trout that I guess are swimming upstream. Like at a Futurama and the people Yeah, it's travel. literally like, do you remember banks when you had to pull through the drive-thru and you put your money in the tube and it gets sent into no, the that's bank? No, that's an American thing. Yeah, I've it was never, a really dumb I've American never, thing. I've never done that. <laughs> oh, I loved it growing up. Yeah. It was, uh, but it, it's... I've seen those things in the movies where... Boop. Yeah, like the Jetsons had yeah, it and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so this is basically you put a trout in and it gets like a potato gun like shot over the dam. And how do they know Know that this trout wants to go over the dam. That was everyone's commentary on it. That this- what, 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 what if you what if you what if you're a trout and you're in a family of trouts? Yeah. And then you're like, and you want to take your time. Yeah, and you're like, kids, always be mindful of what. And you're off. <laughs> And then they're like, Dad just got sucked up by this machine and we looked, never saw him again. It looked so aggressive and so – it also looked like it was like an onion video, like it was fake, like it looked like – Right, right, right. But it's like this is what we've been spending time developing the technology but they, they for. need to go upstream, do they? Are they I the ones or is the, sa- the salmons go upstream or the trouts and the salmons? Well, it was for the migration. For the migration. The migration. So it's, yeah, it's supposed to expedite their migration, I guess. Um, but and it's like you they, have to. We build a dam so they can't normally swim up. Yeah. I tell you, the Mexicans should build a build a tube system for the wall. <laughs> they should. I mean, no, had no, you no. been on Twitter, that would have been a great joke that day. <laughs> you really could have nailed it. I'm sure someone wrote the Mexican tube joke. Uh, I'm I sure know. there was said by a hundred people. But that's the big problem about like taking time off of social media is that when you come back, all of the jokes are already taken. 
Yeah, that's the funny thing about like people go, oh, that's my joke. I can't believe. Yeah, yeah. for the TV show, because you have like a production schedule, do you ever face that of people being like, he used my joke or like some sort of like. Sometimes people have said something about like somebody tweeting something and Mm -hmm. they go, that's a similar. And you're like, we don't look at everyone's Twitter. Yeah. There's also even, we don't watch other comedians. Like the Daily Show did did a similar joke to us and they're, they're on the time slot after us. (laughs) <laughs> and they did it like a month later and like i wasn't upset they did it because obviously they independently wrote it i was just upset that you know none of you watch our show none of you none of you like we're constantly watching their show and going the daily show already did a piece on this yeah yeah it's and we're a- like oh we can't talk about it then they already did oh, john Oliver already did a thing and like like people care about me so little they don't even not, not one your-, your hundred staff members not one of you on your own network. Yeah, on your own network. <laughs> and like, weren't the censors, weren't they watching it or an executive? Right. Isn't there any oversee? No, no, I'll just do an episode where it's constant, blatant copying of everything I, else on Comedy Central and I see if anyone wanted, can. When, I, when I, I had a sitcom many years ago and and for the season three, we never got the – we got cancelled after season two, but on season three – I had written a clip show episode. You know that one where they all get locked in a basement and they go, oh, that's just like the time when you show clips yeah. of previous mm-hmm. episodes. But what I was going to do is um, all the jokes and scenes that I that had never gotten into scripts, mm-hmm. I was going to act out all of those. <laughs> and so that when people – but like they were all new fresh things. Yeah, the, the, when people no, were watching no it going, there's heaps of episodes I've missed. <laughs> And you force them to go back and have to rewatch yeah, yeah, to see if they them, can find the clip. It'll drive them crazy. Yeah. And you never mention it. They would have had to watch it all again. And then you get to use those cool jokes that never fit in with the other storylines. I think that's genius. And you get to hijack all the view counts on all the previous episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never happened. Uh, that, that'll never be seen by the world. So, there's still time. You can do it on your show now. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on a sitcom at the moment. For Are you? Yeah, I can't say the network or anything. But I'm, no I've, I've got a thing at the moment where, where I might be doing a a sitcom as well as the late night show, which I, I, I've been, this is like maybe the fifth sitcom I've sold. Okay. I'm like, I sell them and then one of them got made. I've had some, I've had some ones that are just like, like, like almost gotten made and you're like, all right, this was just a dumb idea that yeah. I had in the, there's, I had one that almost like got made that it was just the basic premise was I was the original member from the Thunder from Down Under. <laughs> and... And like the script is really funny, and then I look like this. I age out, yeah. and they got rid of me. And uh-huh. so I do like a Jerry Maguire thing. I try to get the guys to come with me. Yeah. And then it's just like it was like a Kenny Powers of stripping, but That's it really great. was just like I thought of it maybe in the room or in the car ride over, and yeah, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Well, I don't know if that's concerning or flattering. That- well, we, we were we were we were going to pilot and everything like that, and then we we actually me and the other writer we went to the Thunder from Down Under for research just oh. to see what those shows look like. Yeah, I've never been. It's never. Were you saying that like sarcastically? Like no, oh. no, I've never been. Like I've uh, that's my kind of jam. It's kind of like dumb stuff in Vegas, like yeah. that, um, and curiosity to see what it actually entails. Uh, it, it was. We were not welcome in there. Oh, really? Me and this bloke, we were seated right up the back, and they have a guy that sort of comes out, and he's like, "How are you girls going? You all right?" And it's all Australian, New Zealand lads, and like, "How are you going? You all right?" Yeah, a lot of you are here on bachelorette parties and you're here with your mothers and your sisters and your best friends, but you know who's not here? Your boyfriends and your fucking husbands. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay? woo! Yeah, woo. And then they're like, they're like, hey, girls, it's time for Fifty Shades of G'day. Oh, my God. And they all came out in suits. <laughs> oh and they did all that. 
And then, like, obviously, it starts off with thunder. Thunder. Thunderstruck. Yeah, of course. Of course. It's, it's Australian. It's ACDC. You've got to have thunderstruck and the thunder from down under. And then, and so they all dance around. And then it's like, no grabbing girls. It's just like a magic mic. Yeah, it's yeah. against a lot of grabs, but we won't tell. <laughs> Right? And then I gotta give I gotta give a bit of credit to men. I gotta give a little bit of credit yeah. to men. When we're in strip clubs, it's probably because we're all sinister bastards. Uh-huh. We all sort of sit back and just sort of sort of ponder and look, and it's it's Observe. sort of like yeah, we're sort of like 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 uh, like wolves in the shadows that are <laughs> that are looking at a lamb just sitting out there, right? And but women just go ah. I just like lose their shit. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not the fucking fairest, softer sex. You're way more aggressive. Just grabbing and stuff. And like girls in like bridal dresses with their mother and their stepmother. Yeah. And it's like the step, like the, the mother in law's like, I won't tell my son. Off you go. You know, like English girls. Yeah. It's, I mean, they become like cage fighters of sexuality in that like situation. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, what happened was at the end, Everyone gets up and gets photos, sits on their laps, uh-huh. and then I'd met all the lads before and all that type of stuff, and I just took my shirt off and just stood in the background of all the photos. <laughs> and no one, no one, I assume no one noticed until like I, just not like, the, like of course the body's not as good, but I'm extraordinarily pale. Oh, God. And just like these yeah. guys are just fake tanned or bronzed uh-huh. and, you know, all they do is, all they do is they work out, yeah. take steroids, yeah. work out, do their show, Try to shag a girl. They're like in their mid twenties, yeah, and then yeah. and they know they can only do it for a few years, and then another <laughs> another Australian bloke comes in and goes, "We make Mick said there's gonna be a spot." <laughs> a prestigious career, a prestigious career. But yeah, that's why I thought, what happens to those guys after it's all yeah, over? Yeah, I would like it, to know. It doesn't leave you with a good skill set, does it? No. Yeah. What um? What can you offer to like um? You know, a CPA after that? Yeah. <laughs> like- well, I, don't you think they're about comedy as well? Don't you think like it had to be have some sense of humor about it, right? Because they're writing Fifty Shades of oh, you Fifty know, Shades of Good Day. I mean, I want to meet the person that wrote that into the script. Yeah, that must have been a long ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. No, they 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 have another one where they all come out like cavemen, just like like Tarzan with like oh, a like a loincloth. Yeah. Oh no, there's costume changes all the time. And then there's a few blokes that can do like. A lot of backflips and a very oh, like like, a, like acrobatic. A, a, acrobatic. Yeah. And then there's a couple of blokes that have just got good bodies who are, <laughs> who, who are mates with another bloke. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. just sort of come up and and just shimmy yeah, a little they bit. Just, they just do a little bit of like that sort of like a bit of a you know a fiddler on the roof shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I would like if they turned it into a musical. I want to see more of a musical element to this, well, like or a stomp type element. Like if they came I, my, out with trash can lids and started creating father, a beat. My father once had this idea. I, I, I think every man has had this idea just briefly <laughs> and then like gone, no, that's stupid. He's like, I don't. He goes with porno and stuff. Uh-huh. He goes, what you should do is they sh- you should have a good movie, like a really good film, like a normal Academy Award winning sure. film, and then just have like a porn scene in the middle, like when they have the sex, <laughs> when they have the sex scene, make it a hardcore sex scene, uh-huh. and then just the rest of the movie is good. So you get a little bit of porn, but you also get a fine movie to see. That's true. So it's like, something for everyone. Oh yeah, like that bit where Schindler was upset, right? <laughs> He was upset, but then his then his wife was like, "Come here, you can't save them all." And they had uh, they had some robust anal penetration. That's wow. you know, I guess. I mean, take it to your next pitch meeting. 
Yeah. Uh, you seem to be on a roll with selling things. So. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to write. I'm trying, I've been writing material at the moment. That, that might actually be a bit. I've never said that before. That could be a bit. There you go. Yeah, you think, just workshopped it. Yeah, I could workshop. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I started I started going through the, the who are the biggest villains in movie history, mm-hmm. right? And I've decided that two of them uh, rose from Titanic. <laughs> oh, yeah. That end. Geez. Not just the end. Not just the end. The fact that Billy Zane it gets such a bad rap in that film. Yeah. He takes it on because you know that cruise was for two weeks and mm. the boat sunk on the second day? Yeah. So she's lucky it sank because, because on the second night she's fucking a guy from Economy in the cargo bay. <laughs> In the back, like, like, what was her plan for the rest of the cruise? Yeah. Was she going to do two weeks of just ducking and hiding? Yeah, you're stuck on that cruise ship. Yeah, you're stuck in the screen. Do also, we think that maybe also, she it's went- disrespect. If you want to get Jack's number, get Jack's number. <laughs> but you leave the dance with the guy you came with, yeah. right? You got to stay the cruise out and go, look, call me afterwards. And yeah. But he's giving me this big diamond. It'd be a bit rude, blah, blah. And then, then she throws the diamond. She has no emotional connection to it. She doesn't like it. Yeah. Give it, uh, give it to your granddaughter. <laughs> what are you being such an asshole for? <laughs> yeah. And also they go, they go, uh, tell us what happened. She goes, some called it the ship of say your dreams and another. And it's like, we they really just went, where's the diamond? And then she <laughs> talked for like three hours. And it and it, like somewhere at about the two hour mark, surely yeah. they should have been able to just go, we could have done this over the phone. Yeah, yeah. Also, well, who helicoptered her in? It's a little suspicious because it seems like she's pandering from telling them that she sunk the ship <laughs> like she was riddled with guilt went up to wherever like the watchtower or wherever the engine room is <laughs> switched a couple <laughs> gears and was like everyone's going down but i'll save myself <laughs> well it's, it's okay so the, my other one is uh jenny from forrest gump oh yeah there's a lot to mine there i haven't seen that movie in 20 years yeah and i showed it to my son thinking it'd be a fun film for a six-year-old a lot of sex scenes a lot of all right we gotta fast forward through <laughs> There you go. Oh, Jenny's getting beaten up by some guy here. Oh, fast forward through that. And also the bullies at the beginning of Forrest Gump. What was their intention? To kill him? Oh, yeah. I forgot. I haven't seen this movie in years. When they're kids, they're throwing rocks at him. Right. And riding on their bikes. And then he's- When he's in the strap. His, 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 his leg things break off and I could run fast. I could yes. run like the wind. Right. And so he starts running really good. And then like later on in college, they're in a pickup truck. Same kids? Same kids. Now they're grown up as well. <laughs> and they're driving within like inches of Forrest Gump just running. Oh, if he right. slows down at any second, he's dead. And then like, what are they going to do? Oh, there was a local simpleton that we used to bully. <laughs> we were hoping to kill him and we succeeded. We didn't think you'd all be so angry. Yeah, yeah. We've been on this mission since we were nine years old. <laughs> and then Jenny just leaves him. And the bit, Jenny just, whenever she needs him, she comes into his life and just yeah. swoops in. And then Jenny's like, Jenny's back again. And then she just like decides she doesn't leave him. She fucks off. And then she's like gone drugs. She comes back to him for rehab for a bit. Like she's not in a good way. Oh, yeah. And that was, and then he gets her knocked up. She leaves again. He's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's invested in Apple. He has the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. And then she goes and raised a child for five years yeah. and doesn't let him know he has a kid. She refuses his right to fatherhood. <laughs> Yeah. For five years. And then when she gets the AIDS, she goes, oh, fuck it. I'll go see me simpleton again. I forgot so much about this movie. Like, how dare she? How dare she take the child away? And then when she needs the money, when she's dying, yeah. bring him back again then. Wow. 
Yeah, Jenny gets. Right. I know she was molested and she had a tough childhood. I'm not. Sure. I'm taking that all into account. Okay. Too much, Jenny. <laughs> we have to do some self care, Jenny, first, because it seems like. So it's it's very weird to me that I've started writing a lot of comedy about movies from the turn of the century. That's okay. Bring them back. Now's <laughs> yeah. the time. After, but after... everyone that watched those movies, like myself included, and grew up with like this nostalgia of like this is the most beautiful movie. It wins all these awards. Look how like amazing the story is. I thought I thought Forrest Gump was a wonderful movie. Well, you know, don't wait, watch when, Big. When you Just watch, warning you. I, I've watched Big. Oh, this is I'm going through a kick. Uh, big, I had a moment where I lost my goddamn mind watching Big as an adult because that's big. not okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big is super pedophilic. At the end of Big, she kisses him and then he, as he walks away, goes from a man in a suit and cuts to her looking sweet and lovingly at him, cuts back, and it's an 11-year-old in a man's suit just dragging yeah. it across yeah. the street. Also, at one stage, he touches her breast. and then, But also the idea that when he has sex, he goes back into the office and he's now a man. <laughs> yeah, and he just like, it's, like, it's like sex gives you confidence and he's there giving everyone a high five and he goes, I'll have a coffee and take that sign off my door. And, yeah, it turned him into a, a businessman. His assistant was the mother from that 70s show. That's she, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, oh. he, and then he's like, he's, his best friend comes to meet him for a birthday party. He's like, I can't hang out with you. I got to go fuck me girlfriend. It's so much. It's so much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Um, because now I like what other movies are terrible. Did to we watch get to now? any questions? I feel like I just came in. No, here we got to some. We're gonna get to some Twitter right questions after this. Um, no, these are you're you're educating me and bringing up a lot of very important cultural points that I think have gone overlooked. So. Your, your water's very good here, by the way. Oh, thank you. Freezing. And <laughs> we'll be right back with more. Not too deep. If there is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. They offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. They will connect you with a personal professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You will get help at your own time and at your own pace, and anything you share with them is confidential. It's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, as well as chat and text with your therapist. And if for some reason, if you're not happy with your counselor, they can request uh, a new one for you at any time for no additional charge. Best of all, it is affordable. And you guys get 10% off your first month with the discount code GRACE. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com GRACE. Fill out a questionnaire so they can help assess your needs and match you with a counselor that you will love. That's betterhelp.com slash grace. Not, not too deep. Today ticks isn't just for last minute tickets. You can also buy tickets months in advance, whether you're feeling spontaneous or just want to browse. You know you're getting the best prices when you scoop up tickets on the Today Ticks app. Today Ticks is the easiest way to get theater tickets at the best prices all from your phone. It's so convenient and revolutionary that Forbes magazine calls it the Uber of Broadway tickets. Get to know your own city in a different way or find something to see while you're traveling. Whether you want to see a show that everyone's been talking about or discover something completely new, Today Tickets offers tickets for theater, live comedy, dance, opera, immersive 
theatrical experiences, and more. You never know what you'll find. I literally took three seconds and I looked up. They have tickets to Mean Girls on Broadway for $59. I don't want to get you revved up, but that's a pretty great deal. There's something going on in your city and you don't want to miss out. So go to todayticks.com slash grace and use promo code grace to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's promo code grace at todayticks.com, T-I-X.com slash grace for $10 off your first purchase. Today Ticks dot com slash grace what's the difference like performing overseas internationally i mean because coming from australia uh australian australia and uh and britain and america and canada are all very similar and then yeah you know doing things like performing in holland is different because their english is very very good mm-hmm. but sometimes there's a nuance where they don't won't get a subtlety of a joke right. but like sometimes a joke will just die and they just assume it's their fault you know and you go oh "Oh, no no, i just told it wrong and they're like oh no we're so dumb we didn't understand (laughs) like uh he's got the joke that doesn't work here so (laughs) we probably we'll have to listen to the next one and enjoy that oh no so then you're just dealing with both parties trying to impress the other party and i find i find uh probably the best pound for pound audience for mine is the is the british yeah um but also you know americans want you to do well Right. Really? Yeah. That, that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Americans want they whoop and cheer and they they yeah. really want you to do well. Mm-hmm. And Australians are a little bit standoffish. Like, prove it to me. What yeah. have you got? What have you got? And like that. And and the British people actually want you to do badly and then reluctantly clap when you do well. <laughs> they, they go, all right, you got us. That was actually all right. But that, they have a better time if they're all just booing. Yeah, they're just a crowd of disapproving dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to show them like your college degree, and then they're like, "Okay, you did it." Yeah, you yeah. Made they, it they, they, there's like, there's like, I had a mate who was who was my opening act, and they booed him to the microphone. <laughs> He walked out to the yeah, microphone. Yeah, they walked out. He hadn't even said a word yet. He was still walking out. Boo. That's how they show love. Yeah, yeah. That's how they show adoration. And then like during that, they were just chanting, Jim, 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 for me to come out. <laughs> While the guy's trying to perform. And then I'm like, you think I don't know this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. booked him to open for me. Like, you think, you think they think I'm going to walk out and go, you showed him, lads. <laughs> I knew you would. I knew you'd show up for me tonight. God. I mean, that must be sad for him. Oh, he was all right. I think <laughs> you have had those gigs where it's just like it's undoable. So you're just like, all right. Like, I had to go. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I tried. Yeah. Have you, um, what was the best gig you've ever had? Um, if there's one that you know, stands you know, out. There, there was, They're the, best, I'm sure, for different reasons. Yeah, there, there was like, the first time I sold out the Beacon Theatre in New York mm. and the gig was really good and that that felt great. And the reason for that was when I first got to America, strangely enough, and it's a 3,500-seat theatre, yeah. my first ever spot was at the Beacon Theatre. Your first spot my was first, at the My first gig in America was at the Beacon Theatre. Wow. And we said, what happened was um, Dennis, Leary, Dennis Leary had the same management as mine. Mm-hmm. And they had to get me work permits to come into the country. Okay. And so they had to have me on a gig. And so Dennis Leary was having a Dennis Leary and Friends thing. And all I was doing was 10 minutes, but they yeah. got me on this spot. Because I was booked to this gig, okay. I got the permits to come to America. Okay. So it was a bit of paperwork fudging by my management and agents, you know? Yeah. And um, so I remember thinking, like, wow, ah, that's a pretty amazing first gig to have. But I, I remember thinking, wow, fucking hell. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll never be able to sell this place out. If, if you could sell this out, you're doing yeah. pretty good. And then, you know, seven years later, I sold it out and I was like, all right, that was like a milestone thing. Yeah, you that's know? amazing. So I mean, it's a beautiful theater. It's a beautiful theater. And also it's that, you know, you, no one loses that. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere mentality. Sure. It's in the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's in the song and you grow up hearing that the whole time. New York, oh, yeah. And they, yeah. I'm not a huge New York fan as an actual city. I much prefer yeah. the east, the west coast to the east coast. Really? Okay. I have to fucking foliage and shit. Yeah. Hey, the tri-state area. Have you been <laughs> in the thing? And oh, oh. I guess. it's it. like coming into Jersey. Jersey's beautiful. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, and then it's like you come in and there's <laughs> so fucking Jersey's factory pylons and shit. It's the most depressing. It's also a very silly state because up in like the upper left corner of the state, it looks like the Shire, and yeah. then everything else looks bleak and depressing, and it's just. I have, I have one of the guys who works on my shows from Jersey, and whenever yeah. the show's over, he goes, "I'm going back to Jersey for a couple of weeks." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all yeah. right, whatever floats your boat. That's the you'd have to pay me to be back there for a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's very fun and sweet, but. 24 hours is my max. Yeah, I'm sure all your family is sitting there going, what? What's happened to no, her? No, I've introduced them to West Coast. I'm like, wouldn't it be cooler if you guys came out here? This it, it, would be I, fun. Find, I find that very odd about America because there's things like you're always going on how it's the land of the free and all that type of stuff. And it's like, then why live in fucking Michigan? Yeah. You know, you have Hawaii as an option. Yeah, yeah. Like but you then have, they'd have to get on a plane. Why live anywhere that it snows? <laughs> why would you live anywhere where there's snow? Like maybe that's just the Australian in me, but. Yeah. Why on earth would you live where there's snow? It's familiar. Oh, it's horrible. Your car looks like shit. Oh, I know. Yeah, trust me, not my fucking, choice. And then you're shoveling. Yeah. And then you're fucking cold. Yeah. And it's like it's like I was in Montreal uh, for the festival, so just a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. and they had a heat wave where it was hitting about oh, 94 or okay. something like that. And because they're Canadians, they oh. were just, stay indoors. <laughs> Panic. If, if you go out, wear a hat. Like it's like, girl, right, everyone, calm down. Yeah, they just learned about sunscreen for the first time. Oh, in, in, in Britain, when it hits, like I still work in Celsius, when it hits like 25, so like 80 odd or something like that. Yeah. When it hits like 80 odd, they have these heat warnings. Okay. And, and, the, and the Brits are all just on their lunch break, they're all sitting out in the park. Uh-huh. Like they're in suits, like they yeah. have lunch, and they just sit out in the park and just stare. and. <laughs> And they think, this is all right. This is living. Yeah, it's so foreign. They enjoy their two weeks. They appreciate it. Right, uh, questions. Okay, we're going to get into Twitter questions in a second, but I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast before mm. uh, we get into those. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh, cold spaghetti at? Cold spaghetti, yeah. Wow, I don't know. Cold spaghetti, is that a, a gesture of, of of friendship or kindness or is there something about cold it's, spaghetti? Does it sting when it hits you? It's your own intention. It can be um, demeaning. It can be celebratory. It can be um, hateful. It can be joyful. <laughs> I think I think John Lennon. Okay. I think I'd like to throw, because, you know, it would be less shocking than the bullets that killed him. Fair assessment. And also he, you know, he's going out with Yoko. He was into like modern contemporary art. He probably oh. think it was some type of installation. Performance in, piece. Performance piece Ooh. that I was doing. And he, you know, I think John Lennon would just be like, yeah, spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> 
<laughs> he would get it. You would yeah. have communic. That would have been like the clearest form of communication that you could. Get, I just throw it. I wouldn't say anything on there. Just bow gently, and he would. He would go. All right. All right. I would and then I get to. That. I get to live with him. Yeah. And then you're in the bed with them all of a sudden. I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. The other question is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call, but you can only use three words or small phrases. So mine, for example, is college jogging front lawn. Oh, okay. Um, uh, 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 can I, uh, the sixth date. Oh, okay. I'll go. You can do little chunks of yeah. like, yeah. Sixth date. Okay. Lactose. <laughs> her house. <laughs> <laughs> I did too many words. <laughs> Yeah, and somehow that paints a very specific picture that we don't need to ask any yeah. follow-up questions about. Yeah. Um, but I hope she got a rug cleaner or something. Well, I, 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 can't, I recently just had one. I haven't had one in a while. I, okay. I, I normally go one to two years between drinks. I've, yeah. I've had a few, but that was the worst one because it was in front of a person. <laughs> I, I, had, I had another one where I worked at a restaurant where everyone in the restaurant, all the staff, got gastroenteritis. We all got it. The, the, at the, the same time? Yeah, because gastroenteritis is like food poisoning that's contagious. You know, it's got like if someone so you don't touches, have to eat the same it's not thing. the food; it's a bug off the. It's someone people not washing their hands or whatever, and the and the. I didn't know that this existed. And the chef had it, and then the the boss made him come into work, and then oh. everyone who touched the food, he touched the food, everyone got it. And so me and this other waiter, I was giving him a lift, and we were driving back, and he started to sweat. And I was like along the freeway, uh-huh. and he's like, oh, oh, oh. Like this, right? and he started like he was looking green, he was looking green, and then he just shot himself, and he just, he, he, oh. he propped it, he propped himself up like, oh no, oh no, he was like 18, 19, and I was like, get out of my fucking car, you shit my car, why you shit my car, like that, right? So, so he got out, he got out, and he was sitting, you know, like those those metal railings, those those concave yeah, guardrails. Guard rails. Yeah. And it was a drop off into like a valley. He was sitting on the side <laughs> of of this this with his ass hanging off the edge on the rail. Like he was shitting off of a boat. He was shitting, yeah, he was shitting off the edge of the of the freeway and just like a busy the Pacific Highway, the main freeway in Australia. Oh, right? And so so all these cars are going by and I'm like, the people are staring at it. Everyone's honking and all that type of stuff. And that right. And I yelled at him for about a minute before I just shut myself. Like, oh god! Oh no! And the two, the two of us were hanging with our asses over the edge, just shitting. And then, it, but then like that level of calmness comes over you, where you're like, "Well, I can't fix this. <laughs> this is we're in too deep now." <laughs> I, I followed through in front of my son the other day. He was he was laying on top of me. We were watching a movie, uh-huh. and we were snuggled up, me and me boy, and we were watching some cartoon or something like that. And I went there, squeezed out front, and I, I shut myself. You and, did? Yeah, I did. Just recently, <laughs> laying with me son, and I went, oh, fuck. All right, I'm on, the, I'm on the couch, and I've done that little waddly walk away, and I've, I've gone, and I got all clean. And then, and then we were interviewing, the next day, we were, we were interviewing new nannies for, like, when I go back to work <laughs> to pick him up from school. And and I was like I was like yeah and if you could just you know make him some dinner when he gets back I'm normally home around six thirty you got to pick him up at four and then and then Hank's just like this Dad shit himself right <laughs> right where you're seated right now oh God and she got the job on the spot she did <laughs> that uh, is actually the girl who got the job yeah I can't wait for. Hopefully, Hank's inevitable book that he writes about growing up with you. 
I, I, I have in my new in my new special I'm recording. I have a 40 minute story. The one that the girl's house and the lactose. <laughs> yeah, I, I have this huge story just about that. I, I you know, um, I don't know if I shit myself more than anybody else, but I definitely can remember every single time. So I, I mean, that's good. I mean, that's good. The yeah. ones that you can't remember are the dangerous yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when someone goes, remember when you shut yourself a di-? and you go, I did, didn't I? <laughs> I pushed that really deep, deep down. You just pulled that right back up for me. Thank you. Um, okay, let's get into some questions. Sure. The a lot of questions came in that says like, what's one thing from Australia that you would incorporate into America other than gun control? Uh, sausage rolls and meat pies. I, oh. I count them as the same one thing. Basically, Australia's main cuisine is meat wrapped in pastry. It's the perfect on-the-go hangover food. I love it. I love a pie at the football. I think they could take off at the baseball. I think they're mm-hmm. a far superior sporting food than a, than a the, hot dog. Than well, a I'm hot not an anti-hot dog either, but i just very pro-pie. What about Hot Pockets? Is that an insult? It's not the same thing. That's yeah. bread. It's not pastry. <laughs> Do you want me to storm out right now? No, there was a, I lived in Brooklyn for a little bit, and there was an Australian meat pie place that had opened up like two years before I moved, and it was like a godsend. I love it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Okay, if you could replace any lead actor on a TV show, who would you want to play? Oh, I could replace any lead actor. And I would still play the same character? I guess you would still play the same character. That's my assumption. Oh, I would have replaced um, Betty White and Hot in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Is that show still on? I don't know. I feel like they got 20 seasons and I don't know where it goes. I don't know. I just, I think they... (laughs) I think they thought we'll keep this show going until Betty dies. And in the, in the end, they went, look, we have to stop at some stage. Financially, this doesn't make sense for us anymore. <laughs> yeah, we'd like it. Or, like, we want to have that one episode in dedication, but they never got to it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's time for you to do that. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Um, someone's asking, any stories or topics that you wanted to do on your FX show but didn't get to because of its cancellation? Oh, we have, I told you earlier about that one that was all the different. Well, there was one. Okay, so there was a storyline that we sort of had. Now, I'd heard through the grapevine a while ago. This was going to be the, the first episode of the next, and this actor doesn't even know that I was writing this episode about okay. it. I'd heard, my agent said that Dana Carvey was in the office mm-hmm. and he was doing an impersonation of you and it was hysterical. And it's like, Dana Carvey's so good at impersonations yeah. that you're like, it's quite an honour, yeah. right? And so, and then I saw Dana Carvey again, like at the improv of the comedy store or something, mm-hmm. And then I went up to him, and I, I think he's quite shy, and he sort of just ducked away when I was walking up to him because I was like, I want to hear the impersonation. Yeah, yeah. And so so we were thinking that in the beginning of season three, so if you haven't watched the show, the show is basically me and a friend and a guy in a wheelchair and a few other disabled people from the home, and it all stemmed from my best friend in college had a brother with muscular dystrophy that we used mm. to take care of, and so we used to know all the helpers and the carers and all that type of stuff. Right? So anyway um, – um, we had a, we had a, a, a bloke on it called Nick Daly who was very funny in the show. He played a character called Rodney, and Rodney was a mentally challenged mm-hmm. person. I don't know the better term to use there. And uh, so anyway, anyway, so my idea was that we were all going to be sitting at home watching Dana Car. Like my character got famous at the end of season two because uh-huh. he got shot right okay. after the gun control thing, and then we were going to be watching at home, and Dana Carvey on the TV was going to be impersonating me. <laughs> Right, uh-huh. and we were just going to be like, "Fuck that guy! That guy's, a, <laughs> that guy's an out." Because we were all coked up or whatever. We were all going to get, ang- we were going to get angry at Dana Carvey. Okay, 
Right? <laughs> yeah. And then what we went to, we were going to go knock on his door and give him a piece of our mind. But then we chicken out and we decided we'd do the old gag where you put a dog shit inside yeah. a bag and then you like the bag. But it's really hard in LA because everyone picks up their dog shit. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't find any later. You can't find them anywhere. So... So we get one of the other characters to do a human shit into the bag and then we, we get the mentally challenged person. We go, you got to go up, put the bag down, light the bag, knock on the door and then come back, right? And so we gave him these instructions. We thought that would be a great bag and he goes up there, he lights the bag and then he comes back but he doesn't knock on the door and we burn Dana Carvey's house down. And so that was going to be the first episode to jump off from. And then we were, like, I was going to do like a charity gig to raise money for Dana Carvey. And oh, turns amazing. Out. <laughs> oh, what could have been? That was a good opening episode, oh, right? That's great. <laughs> yeah, we had someone um, uh, write in and say, ask him how he works to incorporate the developmentally challenged into comedy without making them the punchline um, regarding your show. I remember tearing up when season one ended. Oh, it's very sweet. Well, yeah. it, 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 it was. I tell you what, though, there's an agency that takes care of disabled people mm -hmm. and they they had, I don't know, maybe 25 different actors. Okay. And um, they only had, I think, three or four carers because they'd never had more than three or four of them out on a job. Oh, wow. And, and so each one yeah. needs a carer out there with them, like yeah. a carer um, union or whatever rules. Mm-hmm. And so we rang him up. We were doing one of the episodes in the home and I rang him up and I said, how many actors have they got? He said, oh, 25. And I went, we'll take them all. <laughs> and they were like, oh. They were like, what? They go, we only have four carers. I go, well, if you keep quiet, we won't fucking tell anyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so we had them all, we had them all come down. But then like me and me and the other crew members and stuff like that, we weren't completely trained. And at time it was like herding cats. We had yeah. people wandering off into the bushes. <laughs> 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 we, but you know in the end we did actually get pretty good at it we yeah. got pretty good at sort of what everyone needed and and you know how to be take care of people and stuff like that and we invited the parents under the set a lot of the times and oh, they were happy great. to be carers and yeah. stuff like that and so I, I that was maybe for me the saddest thing um was when i had to tell nick uh, who played rodney that the show was cancelled that uh. was the saddest thing was, uh, i felt worse about that than when i heard it myself Oh, yeah. well, you have a heart. That's great. <laughs> but that is, I mean, amazing that it had as long of a run as it did and that you got the green light to make it. But I can understand that's got to be really tough. Yeah. And it's like such a fun momentum going. Um, someone wants to know, who's your biggest influence in comedy and how did you get your start? Uh, probably, probably. See, there's a guy called Anthony Morgan in Australia that was probably a biggest influence on me mm -hmm. in the sense that he was the comic when I was growing up that I was like, wow, that guy's really good. And you, none of you would have heard of him. He hardly does comedy more and he sort of lives in a beach town in Australia. Okay. And I've never met him to you this never, day. Oh, no, really? it's just as a kid, I just watch him a lot on TV and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and then, um, but then George Carlin is probably the best comic in my mind that's ever lived, but I didn't really experience him until I, I'd been doing comedy for a couple of years because mm -hmm. in Australia we didn't get HBO specials. Mm -hmm. The only two specials we ever saw were Delirious and Raw. And so Eddie Murphy was a big influence, right? Yeah. So, we, so we got to see Delirious and Raw because they were cinematic releases. So they were at the video store. But we didn't get we didn't get the specials that aired on television. Right, They right. never got to us. They never made a special video of them. They just kept on airing them on HBO. And we didn't, yeah. so, so my first experience with George Carlin was he was Rufus on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> Richard, Richard, Richard Pryor was one of my favorite actors. I didn't wow. know he was a comedian. Oh, that's I used to just like Richard Pryor in Stir Crazy and The Toy and all those <laughs> fucking movies. You know, I liked all those Gene Wilder sort of weird mm -hmm. films that he did. Um 
Uh, how did I get my start? Um, same as everybody, you know, you just go, just keep on going down to comedy clubs. But what happened to me was, was at university, I was studying musical theatre mm-hmm. and I, I thought this isn't, they, they kept on kicking out You were students. studying musical theatre. I got full scholarship right to study musical theatre and I studied musical theatre at Whopper in uh, Western Australia. Okay. And it was the same course that Hugh Jackman did. Wow. Prestigious. And, and they auditioned like two, 3,000 people and they let in 20 people wow. each year. And it was a cool deal because it was 10 girls and 10 boys. Okay. And eight of those boys were gay okay. and there was me and another heterosexual bloke and then 10 girls who had been dancing since they were five. And <laughs> we, You yeah. know what I mean? It was a fantastic so place to be. The odds ever in your favor. Every, yeah, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, like, because when I was in high school, girls weren't attracted to boys that were into singing and dancing. <laughs> and now all of a sudden. I know, I've seen Billy Elliot. Yeah, now all of a sudden these <laughs> guys are being revered and I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, it's fantastic. And You're so, a god now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a sensible bloke. Yeah? And so so I did that and then at the end of the course, each year they sort of culled two people and I knew I wasn't going to make the next cut. And I was going into year three. Mm-hmm. So I'd made a couple of cuts before that, but um, uh, I'd started doing stand-up comedy around sort of Perth in, you know, Perth's the most isolated city in the world, a million people yeah. and it's eight-hour drive to anything. Yeah. And there was a comic who was like at that stage I thought was a huge famous comic called Gary Who, and Gary Who had been on TV and everything, and he came to our town to play, and I luckily got the open the opening spot in front of him, oh, fifty cool. bucks, and I got the open for him. You know, anyway, he took a shine to me and he said, "Well, I'm going to go do all these gold mining towns. Uh-huh. I'll pay you fifty dollars a gig," and he goes, "And I'll buy you a few beers along the way, right? And, and I you know, get on a bus." Yeah. And off we drive into the, like right into like we're talking rural like the outback. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, and so I was like, "Fucking this opportunity is too big to let up." Yeah, you know, I'm about to make two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> and so I uh, I just didn't show up to university anymore. I didn't tell my parents that I'd quit. And, wow. Uh, and I and then after that, I sort of just said to my parents, "I moved back to Sydney, so I'm going to be a comedian." And I, I did that for about a year, and then I moved to England. So, oh wow! So that was that. Yeah. How did that uh, mini tour go? Um, it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was just getting fucked up, drunk everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like twenty. It was like fantastic. Yeah. It was like a good time. It sounds like a young man's romantic, like yeah, uh, yeah. cross country adventure. Well, there wasn't there wasn't many girls to meet because we were, the towns we were going to were like gold mining towns. Yeah, and so there was eight men to every one woman. <laughs> And then it's like I remember I remember getting one night stand in one of those cities and then like the blokes were going, Did you hear he had sex with Renee? Oh <laughs> You know what I mean? They'd all been lining up waiting. She was the only single girl in town. Chased out with pitchforks, I was. The complete polar opposite experience of your university. <laughs> Amazing. Um someone to know what's a movie that you've already seen more than once, but will gladly watch through again. Um you know, Star Wars, I always watch all the time and always the Indiana Jones films. I'm pretty cliche in that aspect. Okay. Um, but, like, when we think of, like, something that's a bit more quirky and not such an obvious answer, like a film that I watch all the time. Uh, you know, The Making of Star Wars is another one. Okay. That I- <laughs> that's a more niche one for all you cinephiles <laughs> that, one, that one at the moment is free on Amazon Prime. They've just done it. It used to be a special feature. Now it's free on Amazon Prime. Do you watch TV? I do. I watch a lot of sitcoms. Okay. What's your I, I, go-to? I, I, I'm sort of caught in a little I, – I actually have a soft spot for multicam sitcoms from the 80s. Really? I like Mash and Cheers and shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I watch a lot of – I watch Cheers about once – a couple of episodes a week and okay. I, watch, I watch The Office quite a lot. 
And I just find anything that's sort of numbing that I can have a little giggle to rather than – and then I'll have like a drama that I watch with the girlfriend and we sit down and we – you know, those type of things. But like if in the morning – I used to watch like the whole, and here we go. Here's how the traffic is and oh, what else God. is happening. Oh, from the helicopter. <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. And now I'm like, you feel you don't need it now. No. You don't really need it. So, so I just wake up and I put like an episode of Cheers on in the morning. It's great. And I, <laughs> I put you in a better mood, I'm sure, for the day. I, I It's funny because the guy who plays Cliff Clavin in Cheers only, was in my sitcom playing the dad. Uh-huh. And the only way that he got to play the dad is because – when I wrote the part, I kept on like doing his voice when we when we were doing table reads. Really? And I was like, hey there, Jimmy. Yeah, we're gonna have a, gonna have a little bit of a thing here. Oh yeah, yeah, Billy's in a wheelchair. Like that, right? And so and so like I don't know why, but at one stage I went, why don't we just ask him? Yeah, what's we have these people to? audition. It's like I, I just didn't think, why don't we just ask him? And he's like, Oh yeah, great. I, I love to be in a sitcom. <laughs> That's so great. I got I got to hang out with John Ratzenberg all the time. Incidentally, John Ratzenberg has a lot to do with my gun control routine. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a he's a pro gun guy. I've got nothing against pro gun people. It's a different mm-hmm. way, mindset to what I have, and I'm an anti gun person because mm-hmm. I grew up in a society without guns. And right. and then I but I was with him when Sandy Hook happened. Oh wow. And, and I, I was sitting next to him, and I remember him going, hey, "If the teachers had guns, these things wouldn't happen." But uh, it's those liberals that cause things, like you know what I mean. Wow, yeah. And then you go, "Oh, I don't know, I don't agree." Ooh. And I, I like John a lot. It's like you know these things where he might be wrong, right, and I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think I'm right. But this is the whole thing about opinions, isn't it? It's um, I used to I used to date a girl who uh, every time I got into a fight. I used to find this such a weird argument. Every time I got into an argument with her, mm-hmm. she she would go, oh, the great Jim Jeffries. He always thinks he's right, doesn't he? Oh, God. Always. <laughs> she had like this. She's like, here's the problem with you. You always think you're right. And I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. I always think I'm right. I might be wrong, but by definition, my opinion is what I believe is correct. Right, yeah. I may be wrong, but I always think think I'm right. <laughs> I'm willing to be proven wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can prove me wrong. But, but I'm going to start my argument believing that I am correct. We're believing I am correct. And then I had to fight. Do you say things that you don't believe? Is this what you're saying? <laughs> it was such a funny, like, yelling argument at two people. Like, we weren't really, like, that angry. It was just, like, arguing about semantics of grammar. Oh, God, that's a really great thing to never be able to resolve. Ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, here you go again, being right. Uh-oh, here you go again. There's an insecurity flailing right now. <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, last question. What takes your wig off? What does that mean, takes your wig off? Like your wig gets snatched, like a thing that... Um, what, what what grinds my gears? Or what, the uh, other, I mean, I think alternatively, like what wows you so much, like shocks you. And I guess it can be positive or negative, but I think it's mostly positive. It's oh, like, you go, <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, what makes you thunder from down under, audience member level of crazy? <laughs> well, well I, look, I'm a, I'm a big sucker for a, uh, America's Got Talent uh, <gasps> disabled person who all of a sudden is good at music. Yeah. <laughs> I can watch those clips all day. Like, uh, an autistic guy comes out and we're like, oh, you seen the one on the piano? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he comes out with his mother and goes, I want to play a song. And then it's like, Georgia. Oh, Georgia. And you're like, what the fuck? How does he do? It's incredible. It's like, it's like Sharon and Susan Boyle. We're like, she's ugly and she can sing. 
Who would have thunk it? I mean, it's a shame that that's our train of thought, but we've been trained since 80s movies that like when someone has glasses on and then they do the makeover and it's like they take it off and it's the craziest, most oh, yeah, yeah, unbelievable yeah. Whenever thing. Whenever they go like this, like, like she's not all that or those type yeah, of movies, yeah. where they're like, you try to make her good looking. <laughs> and it's always like a... It's always like a thin girl with glasses and a pigtail. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're like, oh, I can't figure out what, how will we even start? Yeah. Right? How will we even start? But they, like, like they go, they go, hey, I can make any girl in this school good looking. No, you can't. Make her, like, why don't you point at the 300 pound morbidly obese person <laughs> with a goiter coming out of it? Like, it's always yeah. like, take the glasses off, give her a bit of lipstick, and <laughs> off we go. And Amazing. you go, and then she comes down the stairs and you go, What? Yeah, you're a magician. <laughs> this is incredible. I do, I do like a good makeover thing. I used to love those on the. When they make someone over, they oh. start to cry. Oh yeah, I used to be obsessed with like Jenny Jones, those like trash talk shows yeah. that like come on at like three p.m. in the afternoon, where it'd be like, "I was a dork and now I'm hot," and they'd have like their biggest bully from high school like be sitting on the stage, ready for, ready for like their reveal, and then they walk through this like superimposed photo of themselves from high school with like a mouth guard and everything, <laughs> and then they come out and they don't look that great, but they look better, and it's always <laughs> the person not having a reaction to them being like. Good job. And then the audience being like, oh, yeah, you yeah, gotta they, get a they, job. They, they do that. They go, they go, so you wouldn't date me back in high school, but I was wondering <laughs> if maybe now. And it's like, no, this is gonna be a like, toxic relationship. It's like, no, 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 no. It was always your personality. <laughs> There's nothing. To, I actually found you quite cute. You were just uh, fucking annoying. Yeah. You just had a lot of hate in your heart for everyone. <laughs> Every guest that makes time for being on Not Too Deep gets a personalized fortune cookie from us to them. I have one bloke writes all these. Writes all these? Yeah. Um, oh, this is made. I can tell. <laughs> well, we they're purchased from the internet and then they are um, upgraded. Oh. No, I won't do that for you. That's disgusting. And I find it. <laughs> oh, um, Trump has seen your show and think your accent is 80s Brooklyn. We could tell him you're Australian, but we don't want to confuse him more than he already is about everything. Yeah. Ah, oh, that yeah. is true. That's nice. I'm going to keep that. That's yeah, a nice one. It is a little 80s Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I had one the other day that I thought was racist. I had a huh. I had a fortune cookie that that, that opened up with... Fortune cookie say, oh. and I'm like, you can't put that on before. <laughs> Fortune cookie say, you know, like I mean, like yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, we we make sure we don't have that. Yeah, I thought the fortune cookie people, they might not be doing that for all fortunes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna cherish this. Yeah, thank you. Eighties Brooklyn. Is that what I sound like? To some people. Really? To Trump. All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jim, this has been so fun. Thank ah, you for thanks. making time for thanks us. Thanks for having me. Any, of course. Anytime. Yeah, where can people find everything that you're up to? I um, know social media is not your well, thing. Well, no, I, I start people posting on social media that will say like the dates and the gigs. And I might be back on there one day. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and then um, jimjeffries.com. And, and also, if you're listening in Europe at the moment, I've got a big European tour coming up. Um, all uh, England and uh, Ireland and Holland and Scandinavia and uh, Israel and Greece. Cool. So if you want to go to that, that'll be grand. And then apart from that, just check out. I'll be in Boston coming up in a couple of weeks and Great. different stuff. Man. And the show? The show's coming back in two Tuesdays' time. Amazing. I don't know what the exact date of that is. I should know that. 
Oh, the 18th. 18th. Oh, good. You had me stressed there because I, 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 look, I'm about 12 pounds heavier than my show weight. <laughs> and I was like, I can't make it in time. I could make it by mid-September, but I'm not going to make it. It's, it's only a weight that I know. No one else yeah, knows. Yeah, but yeah. There, there's, like a, there's like a fighting weight I have to be for. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Well, now you have some time. No, I'm glad I'm we a, got to clarify that. Oh, we're going to make it. Cute. Uh, 19. Oh, it's even longer. You got another 24 hours. Let's go hours. out and get some fucking cheesecake. <laughs> I didn't know we had a... Amazing. Well, thank you, Jim, so much. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. It was Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer and edited by Melissa D. Mons, writing by Diane Kang, production assistance by Katrina Henning, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. Mm-hmm.